I, I'm not, I don't know, I'm, I, I guess I'm not disappointed by it because I'm not surprised by any of it. I mean, it's, it just seems like this is exactly what I expected once, once they, you know, started rolling forward with a college football yeah. season. It, it's this, they've, and I, did you see, um, where, I forgot where I heard this, but the, somebody suggested, oh, you know who it was? It was Arnie Duncan. It was the, he was, he was in Obama's cabinet. Suggested that college football separate itself, Division One college football separate itself from the NCAA, and you know, in his his point was that you know, the rest of college athletics walks, looks, talks like a duck. College football is its own, you know, it yeah. talks like a velociraptor or whatever he, whatever he said it was, but it is sort of its own entity, and I think it's it's so far. The, the interests of college major college football are so far from the interests of the universities at this point. Yeah. Or the poor students, athletes, student athletes, that yeah. swear word. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. so I think, you know, maybe, maybe it is time to, to move college, you know, even take it away from the colleges yeah, make it minor leagues. Make it a semi-pro, right, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. Florida Gators can have a, a, a great semi-pro team. So welcome. Welcome to the Sports Plus Show with Big D Baker and Joe. And I'm Big D. I'm, call, I'm, ta- I'm helming the ship from uh, Northampton, in which we're having a weird little uh, weather event where it's raining right now. It's been raining all night. But apparently by the time it's over this afternoon, we'll get maybe three inches of snow. And the Berkshires are only getting one inch, but Worcester's getting 11 inches. It's <laughs> a weird. Yeah, I've got rain now, but from what I've heard, uh, you know, I've got uh, family down in Connecticut and the snow is on its way up. So it, by the time our show is done, we actually might have... Uh, some snow on the ground here in Western Mass. And uh, what's the uh, snow situation out there in uh, in Oregon, cloudy Oregon? Uh, cloudy, no chance of snow. It's supposed to be in the low 50s uh, all weekend and sunny actually for the next few days, which is a little rare for early December, but it's rainy season. So it's mostly gray and dreary, but I would take gray and dreary and 47 over having to shovel snow that is my oh, least, come on man. that is my least favorite thing to do in this existence oh, shoveling on, snow man. yes the it hurts your back a little bit no it's, it's a heavenly it's, it's a seasons it's you know no it's not summer it's, every time i felt like sisyphus like i'm just gonna have to do this again tomorrow <laughs> it is i do not miss that at all and i've lived uh, i've lived in cold hey. and warm and cold and warm and i i do not miss i if i want to see snow i am a two and a half hour drive actually I'm, I'm an hour and a half from the top of mount st helens so if i need wow. to see snow i can get up to the top of mount hood or the top of mount st helens what's the um what's the covid situation in oregon it's you know like everywhere else it's we're we're in a rough patch right now this is probably the worst you know we're getting the worst daily numbers in oregon it's still not as bad as other places but it's you know it's well california's got some areas that are getting hit really hard yeah and we've um, been, are your businesses closed or open or how's the situation there it, we're in what they're calling it like an extreme level of openage so essential businesses are open uh bars are closed restaurants Good. no there's no dine in there's um if they have an outdoor area you can eat outside but restaurants are open for takeout only but you know, I, are kids going to school? Uh, kids, kids are going to school in most counties. It's Good. by district Good. by district. So, um, yep. but uh, like I've been, I, I had to do some shopping this weekend, and I was able to do at you know two or three different places to do curbside pickup, and that's how I'm living my life now. You know, yep, just, same. Uh, yeah, it's and I, I who knows after <laughs> after this is all over, I may continue doing the curbside pickup. It's great for, <laughs> for a lazy man. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm curious to see what, you know, uh, a lot of quote unquote temporary new normals are going on now. Right. And, and like you said, Joe, I, you know, the, um, my wife uses, um, 
the Instacart, I Instacart, think Instacart, yeah, I've been using them a lot too. For shopping my and, yeah. you know, what, what uh, aspects of this new normal continue on? Um, yeah, no, it's very interesting. Past this, yeah. And don't you think, uh, Matt, that education-wise, that computers, even when we're back in the classrooms, that computers are going to be a much bigger part of education than they have been? I think they will be. I'm not happy about it. Um, I'm totally not happy about but, the age group that you and I deal with. It is terrible to make them know how to open a Google form and to yeah. type into a computer and to also spend eight hours a day in front of a computer. Yeah. That's I terrible. Just, you know, I, I, I do think that there, there can be some, I mean, we don't have to pretend we don't live in a world where technology runs everything right. in, in, in rules. We don't want to fall behind anyway. But, you know, to have my six-year-old be on a computer all day, just so he's still in school. They have a hybrid schedule, but uh, the town that I live in, we're able to get all K and first grade students in five days a week, all in. Nice, nice. Um, class sizes are still small. Everybody's still six feet apart. But um, on Wednesdays, it's a, it's a half day. So I go pick him up on Wednesday. I bring him home. And then he's supposed to have uh, virtual specials on Wednesday. And I, 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 wanna, I don't want to say an argument, but, you know, Jill and I, we both work on Wednesdays. So it kind of in passing, even though we're home, she's like, you know, Tyler needs to get on to do his music. And I'm like, I'm not, no, I'm not putting him <laughs> on the computer to do music. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's playing with his brother right now. They're building Legos. They were building a uh, Santa Claus workshop. So they actually, they started by sorting the Legos, red pile, green pile, white pile. I'm like, they're sorting. They're going to do Legos. That's, I'm not putting him it's in It's creative. It's creative. And, you know, so it's tough. But I do think, you know, a lot of districts are, are getting students you know, the students have their own technology, whether it be tablets or computers. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some districts, at least here in Mass, try to incorporate a little bit more of the technology STEM uh, into their curriculum in class. I hope it doesn't trickle into kindergarten, first and second grade, but, right. you know. But no, I think what I can envision, is certainly in second grade and up, is that it's always better to work with small groups. So one of the groups that's off working by itself may be doing something on computers. Yeah. And yeah. I think that will be a, a valuable use. I mean, computers are impressive. The stuff you learn is impressive. It's just, you know, that we've all experienced teenagers whose head never goes up to look at you in the eyes. They're strictly looking down if they, if you force them to talk, you get, uh, you get a few mumbled words, um, mm -hmm. you know, and then they're back gaming it. You know, I, know, so. I know adults like that. It's not just <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know, so here's actually, I, I, um, I, I work with students after school and, and we, we work on social skills and, and, you know, it, it's kids are struggling now. And I've actually received a few emails from some families saying how, you know, I need help. My kids are addicted to the computer. They wake up, they go on YouTube, they're watching videos. And granted, even sometimes it might be, you know, loose research, you know, not really meant for <laughs> academic, but nonetheless, it's not just video gaming. Um, it's a wormhole. But they're, she, the mom, the poor mom is like, he's in front of the screen all day. Yeah. And the irony is, you know, my social groups are running virtually, so right. we're still in front of a screen, but, you know, it is an addiction. It is an addiction, and um, it's, it's going to be tough. I, I remember, when, was, um, when were the Olympics in Korea? Was that this past winter? Do you guys remember? Or well, like you, the, you, the you last keep, winter Olympics? You keep talking, I'll look it up. Yeah, okay. So I, I just remember, you know, they had their amazing opening ceremony 
And I remember reading articles on how the, in, in Korea, the technology is, is so much more advanced than it is here in our country, but they have technology rehab centers set up for people who are, are addicted and wow. can't get away from technology. Well, that's where the, the social dilemma, that's where it did make, that, that was its main point, that the, all these social networks in particular are geared to reward the dopamine centers in our brain. And it's, it is right, it is exactly the pattern of addiction. And it, the thing is, if you're a 14 or 13 or 17-year-old person now, that's your life. And there's not going to be, there's no extracting those kids from that from those habits. It was uh, 2018, the Seoul, Seoul Winter mm -hmm. Olympics. So, um, Which seems like a decade ago, doesn't it? Oh, God, <laughs> oh like, man. You know, oh, time is different. Time is really oh, different. Yeah. Well, listen, let me start off with um, admitting that perhaps I have been a little short-sighted in my appreciation of um, athletes who drive automobiles. And then I'll uh, turn it over to you, Joe. Well, and this was, I mean, this was big, this was huge news. And I think most people should have, will, will, will have heard about this, but there was a major crash at the beginning of the Formula One race in Bahrain uh, last Sunday. And this, this was, you know, all the, the racing circuits have gone a long way in the last 15, 18, 20 years or so with in protecting the drivers, both with, increased safety within the cars essentially the drivers are sitting in these little breakaway pods and the you have these tremendous impacts and the cars just sort of shed parts and shed energy while the drivers protected in their little cage and it, it's been you know we've had there was one one death in formula two last year but other than that there really have not been a whole lot of on track racing deaths but this crash on Sunday was like something out of a movie. I mean, the, the way the, the, one of the ways they've, they've protected the drivers is by encasing the fuel in a pretty much a bomb-proof container because it used to be every time there was a crash, there was a giant fire. That's pretty much unheard of, you know, like I said, in the last dozen or so years. But this particular track had... A guardrail system, usually the barriers are solid pieces of foam that are, you know, set up to absorb a lot of energy. At this track, because it's a little bit older, the guardrails are the standard kind of, at least in this spot, metal ribbon guardrails that you see on the side of the road. Like Jersey barriers. I think that's what they call them on okay. the road. Yeah. But, you know, obviously they're built much stronger than the ones on the side of, you know, Highway 95. But it's essentially that same design and another big change that formula one made just two or maybe three seasons ago, the cockpits used to be completely open to the world. There was nothing protecting the driver's heads and drivers were killed by like flying tires and flying pieces of debris. They added a, they call it the halo. It's a, like a ring above the driver's head with a part that comes down in front. So it's there to protect. And just in the couple of years that they've been using it, they've, it saved two lives. A couple of years ago, uh, one car went airborne, skidded over the top of another, and you know, Charles Leclerc would not have a head if that thing wasn't there. The same thing happened on Sunday. This thing, this car went, and it, you know, it was the driver's own fault. He tried to make a sketchy move and went wheel to wheel and was kind of flung off the track, but hit head on this barrier at a hundred, I think he said 145 miles an hour. And instantly the car exploded into flames, ripped into two or three pieces. And his, the cockpit actually got embedded under the fence. And he, without that halo, he clearly would have been decapitated. And the reaction from the, the um, pace car which is actually also the medical car, which starts behind the field, pulled right up. And the doctor, the, the chief doctor for Formula One, dove, like ran into a bit of flaming wreckage to pull this guy out. I mean, it is, it is the most dramatic. Like I said, it looked like a wow. movie, the whole thing. It was the most dramatic real life thing 
I've seen in sports. Were you happen to be watching it live? I was, I watched it because the races are on, they start at like six in the morning. So I was watching it on DVR tape delay, but it was pretty, it was pretty early. Like the race was still going on while I was watching it. I was maybe a half hour behind it, but yeah. And, and immediately it was the discussion kind of everywhere. And, and my, you know, and my, my poke at you, Daryl, was that, you somehow don't see the drama and the excitement in racing. And and this is, you know, you miss a free throw. You don't die. You don't explode into flames. And it, 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 it's really impossible. Like you said, to ignore the, the drama and the tension when something like that happens. He was, uh, I, I, I saw the highlights. It was horrific. Um, you know, the car splits in half. Uh, He was, literally stuck in the flames for i believe 20 seconds or so yeah i think it was like four, 14 or 18 seconds that it took him to climb out and they're they're really well protected with the fire suits and it was amazing he had some burns on his wrists and on his ankles uh, he came out wearing one shoe lost his yeah shoe yeah i think his his injuries he had minor uh, do we call it minor burns he was burned on his yeah. hand yeah yeah um and uh, a sprained ankle but it's incredible If you see the highlight of that crash, I think it's a real testament to the safety and and the 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 engineers of these automobiles. It's incredible that someone can be in that and be able to walk away on their own power. It's incredible. And and not to, you know, make light of it, but it did kind of remind me a little bit of uh, the the Will Ferrell. Talladega Nights movie where he gets into the crash and he's running around I'm on fire and he's he he mentally is scared to get back into the car and I I heard I forget um the driver's name it's but, R- Roman Grosjean who's a French is a French name it's hard it's it d- doesn't roll off the tongue very yeah. well but and but he said, he goes, yeah, he goes, I'm okay. The hard part is going to be mentally getting back in the car. So, Boy, you know, I'll see in a couple of days, I'll get, I'll be able to get back in. And I'm just thinking, whoa, like mental, <laughs> the mental strength and, and that piece is, is how can you not say it's athletics and, and yeah. athletes, no, yeah. like, you know, the, yeah. the mental toughness needed to be, a LeBron James or an, or an Anthony Davis or, you know, a Tom Brady, dude, they're not getting in a car that could literally kill you. I, so th- that was incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Joe, I, uh, I, yeah, I have newfound respect for auto racing. I will pay more attention to it. Um, but now let's go uh, and talk about, which stupid sports should we talk about first? <laughs> well, Here's the four like, choices. I, I just, Here's just, the four choices. Well, hold on. Uh, before, before we oh, come you off. you want to give me a little more grief? Well, no, no, no. I just want to comment on something Matt said. We, we talk a lot, we, the three of us in particular, rip on all these sports organizations, the, you know, the NCAA and the, the uh, Soccer Federation. The, the, the organization that runs Formula One, the FIA, it's Italian for – Federazione uh, International Autosport. So that's that's where the acronym comes from. They ha- they are, I mean, there I'm sure there's plenty of corruption. This is a, a multi 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 trillion dollar organization, but they've they've done the things that we ask all these other leagues to do and all these other organizations to do. They protect their their drivers. They protect their teams. They do the best they can to preserve competitive integrity. And that's, I'm sure whichever four organizations you're about to list are they're all <laughs> violating all of that. In oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and actually, so my number one one is NFL and Roger Goodell, the worst of the worst. But also, we could throw in college football. We could throw in college basketball. And what was my fourth one? I can't, I already forgot. Um, so I got the two footballs. Oh, college uh College football and college uh, basketball. They're both having problems. Take your pick. <laughs> well, well I just want to say what Roger Goodell said. I don't know I, if, if any of you were unfortunate to watch any 
of the Wednesday afternoon football game. Played on Wednesday afternoon only so Roger Godell could get on the air and say, we've played all the games. There hasn't been any games postponed. What about the that, Denver game that they played with some like JV uh, high school JV quarterback? Yeah, right, 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 right. Which is sort of my point with uh, the Baltimore game. So Baltimore doesn't have its starting quarterback. It had a you know Robert Griffin the third, and you know Pittsburgh is not be- beating uh, Kansas City at all. Pittsburgh can't score, but Pittsburgh had a it was twelve seven I think yeah twelve seven. And it was near the end of the half. And basically, uh, Baltimore had got the ball down to the Pittsburgh one-yard line, first and goal with 35 seconds to go, and they don't score. And they don't score. You know, it's just uh, uh, they had a timeout, too. They mishandled that. So, in other words, it was like so that team – you know, and part of it was not having a, uh, you know, legitimate, experienced quarterback going. Um, and then, of course, the other game you mentioned, too, was just uh, to have a guy they picked up off the practice squad who had played a little quarterback in college. Yeah, he was a receiver, right? He was a Yeah, uh, he was the receiver practice squad. Look, I mean, here's what I think about it. And, and I know – I. Um, I am often biased towards the NFL. I know that. That's my favorite professional league. So I'm more likely – it's like, Daryl, how you are with the NBA, you know? Yeah. That's how yeah. I am with the NFL. So I often will try try to defend some of their stances and some of their positions. Go ahead. We're, but, we're listening. <laughs> well, no, it, it's – the NFL struggling because – they're trying to play on both sides of, of the fence here. It's not about player safety. It's not about integrity of, of the shield. The product you're putting out on the field in one game, you literally have a practice squad wide receiver given zero practice reps is now playing quarterback, the most important position on the field. You've got another game in the Baltimore and Steelers, and it's scheduled for Thanksgiving. Now it's postponed to Sunday. Now it's Monday. Now it's Tuesday. Now it's Wednesday. So you just, I mean, the preparation for the Steelers too, who and, yeah. and they're on the short end of the stick, they didn't have any, you know, they didn't have an outbreak on their, in their locker room, but yet they have zero, you know, idea of what, when are we playing? How are we playing? Now, now you have the Steelers who have to turn around and play the Redskins on five days rest. So it's not about uh, – You mean the Washington football team. Uh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> football team. They're, they're playing the Washington football team on five days rest. It's, it's, it's a joke. And I, I, you either have to be on one side of the road – or the other. You can't be walking down the middle of the road. That's how you get hit by a car. <laughs> and it, I, I feel like that's where the NFL is. They're, they're just in they, – the NFL often is, is so reactionary. And, and that's how they handle everything. With, with Ray Rice <clears throat> yeah. years ago, the yeah. NFL is uh, only two games. reactionary to what's in front of them and and they all and, and it makes it seem like they just try to sweep things under the rug and and I think that's a bad look right now for them they, they it just looks like they they didn't plan they didn't know we're in the middle of a pandemic I feel like they're better off saying look if your team has an outbreak and then let's be honest the the Ravens sort of kind of did this to themselves with yes their, you know like they didn't follow protocols the Denver Broncos their quarterbacks refused to wear masks when they were in the in the room doing film study. Well, so now all your quarterbacks are close contacts. You can't play. So it, it, it's not so much – the NFL needs to just say, look, if you have an outbreak, you can't play, you forfeit. I realize there's probably the NFL, PA, and the union, you know, they're going to push back on that. But Well, the players – I mean, one factor is the players don't get paid for a postponed game. 
So mm -hmm. that is a factor for the players. And before I turn it over to you, Joe, I just want to say what you just said, Matt, was right on. And that's really the hypocrisy of what Goodell said, because he said, we've played all, their, all the scheduled games so far, and we listened to the science, you know. That so that's the goal to play all the scheduled games, no matter what, no matter how disruptive it is to the competitive balance. The lack of, of the quality. League. Well, and, and right, not to mention, like Matt said, the the quality of of the product is terrible. But you can't you can't count on the competitive integrity of of the wins and losses. And you know, there's no consistency in how how these cases are being handled. And I I sort of understand, you know, Denver's three and whatever so you don't have to protect them as much as you try to do with a baltimore pittsburgh game that has playoff impl implications but the this this like steadfast stubborn refusal to add a couple of weeks to the end of the season to spread this stuff out a little more every team could benefit from a bye week or two and it would allow a, a little a more sane rearrangement of these circumstances especially because we're sort of I think everyone's counting on the virus numbers getting a little bit worse, at least, you know, over the next couple of months. So the, the, to think that, and who cares if the Super Bowl gets pushed back a few weeks? Right. It's not like there's hundreds of thousands. There's nothing of happening like, in Tampa. There's no reason they can't move it back to even the first week in March. And, and it's, it's it'll not like, still be the Super Bowl. It'll still get the great advertising. It'll still be watched by most of America. And it doesn't matter. There aren't going to be fans in those in those seats anyway, particularly in Florida, who's having a pretty rough time of it right now as well. I, I mean, I, again, I, I here's my a little defense of the NFL. <laughs> I I do think it's a little bit harder to reschedule the the Super Bowl. Um, it, it's no, there's it, not this year, honestly. Because there's nothing going on in that location the next three, four weeks after the Super Bowl. I, I, there are a lot of moving parts. Absolutely. I'm going to assume. Yeah. I'm assuming there are a lot of moving parts. The, the difference between the NFL, the, the reason the Super Bowl is a thing, right, that's an event, is because it's one game on one Sunday. It's not best of seven series. You know, if, if your team – is not in the World Series, you're tuning in for that clinching game, right? In the NBA, if your team isn't playing, you're not watching game one, two, and three. You're waiting for that clinching game. We want, the, you know, unless it's your team, unless you're, you're a diehard, you know, LeBron James fan, you just want to see LeBron James. The NFL, or unless I, you're I, me and you yeah. can't watch enough basketball. Yeah, okay. you're wrong. There. I, I, I watched almost every playoff game, especially like the last couple of rounds, watched almost every game regardless of, of who was in it. Yeah. This year might be different because it was pandemic and, and we hadn't right. had sports. Right. But, I, I mean, do you guys disagree? Football is no, one No, no, you're right. You're right. And yeah, so yeah. it becomes an event. And so, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I would imagine – they're still planning on putting on a halftime show. You've got, um, you, you, you're going to have, so if you reschedule the Super Bowl, you're going to have to reschedule some sort of entertainment. It is a production. I, it's, it's probably, it, it, not probably, it will be a much smaller scaled event than in years past because you're not going to have a week's long fan fest where people are going to be doing all, but it still is a production. So I don't think it's as easy as, Let's just reschedule the Super Bowl. Uh, I think um, in this this case it, it is, but yeah. Well, I think <laughs> regardless, they should have they should have had more. Again, instead of being reactive, they should have been more proactive right. and said, "We are going to to leave." Why? I mean, if you scheduled it a month after the football season ended, do that. That's where right. I think they messed up. They tried to squeeze it in, and they gave themselves one extra week. Are you nuts? So well, I and that's sort of my question to both of you is how do you see that so they've played I think twelve games? How do you see the last four games and the playoffs going? Um, there doesn't well, appear to be a movement toward a bubble. No, I think they're close enough to to the end now where they probably feel like they can jam things through. And if they continue to do what they did to Denver the teams that are out of you know mathematically out of the race then 
it, then they probably could, you know, if they, if they just use those teams as, as sacrifices to the, to the playoff teams, I think they probably could, could get it done. It doesn't mean they should. And Matt, I think we're, we're far enough out from the Super Bowl. We're you know, it's a couple months away. It can easily be pushed back a couple of weeks at this point. And I think also, I think you're wrong about the halftime show. There will not be a halftime show. You're just saying, because, I, I don't know. Yeah. Just because of the, the, the number of crew that you need to put that thing together and all, especially to assemble and disassemble that stage in a few minutes, they're not those, those stage hands, those, those stage builders are not working anywhere else. Like they're, they're, I mean, Matt, you're, you're right about the, a normal Super Bowl where everyone's all the hotel rooms in Tampa are taken and all the bands are booked down there and all that stuff. That's very hard to move that this year's a different situation. Yeah. But, but what's going to happen? I mean, be prognosticators are, are they going to finish the last four games? Are the playoffs going to happen? What do you, how are you going to play Baltimore's in the playoff and Lamar Jackson can't play? They're they're pushing through. They're going to push through. And, and, you know, I I will say this, where I think the NFL mishandled this is I think they, they should have, instead of continuing to push the goalpost back, all right, we'll play Sunday. Oh, we'll play Monday. We'll play Tuesday. We'll play Wednesday. At some point they needed to realize that the product on the field for both teams is, is not going to be where it should be. Week 18 it is. And I wish they gave themselves more room. Because I do think, look, I mean, yes, it, the NFL is a business. It is their goal to play all games. Why wouldn't it be? But I think they're, they're trying too hard to push it in and be on schedule. And, and that's where I think they're messing up. If Seattle right now, the Seahawks, are the only team in the NFL to have zero positive cases. It can be done. And if you look at the teams who have had outbreaks, it is because they're not following protocols. And so is it out? Is it unrealistic to think that teams couldn't, if if they really hunkered down for these, you know, if you're a playoff team, get the job done, teams can do it. It's whether or not they want to, you know, and, 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 and that's sort of a microcosm of what's going on in society. People, if, if we did, <laughs> yeah. right, if we yeah. did yeah. what scientists yes. and doctors are kind of saying, we would have a little bit more control of this situation, but we're not. If, if you are, if you're in a room and you, and you refuse to wear your masks while you're studying film, well, you're not going to have your quarterbacks. If you wore but your mask, we can continue to say, we are number one, the U.S. We are number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and right. The fact that the league is holding up the well, we haven't missed a game yet. Well, it's because you're just playing them all at at all all costs. Right. Like it's just not. Right. And the whether whether or not there should even be an NFL season, we, you know, we could debate that for the our remaining twenty five minutes. But I, you know, the the fact is, and Daryl, you're right to point out Goodell is the the you know man behind it. They are handling it sort of it's almost like the 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 cartoonists in the 20s and 30s used to draw the the heads of industry like big fat guys with the big mustache and the hat (laughs) like that's that's where we that's the level of sort of upfront evil that that we're dealing with now with the nfl and and it you know when you add on to it the incompetence it becomes a little less laughable and a little more right. And plus, Matt's big point, I totally agree with, which is why not schedule a couple extra weeks? You right. know, why not? I mean, from the beginning, because this was an unusual situation you were getting into with unforeseen, you know, results. Just you know, throw an extra two weeks in there for bye weeks, and then you could do like a lot of times what you do in baseball. So there's been these games that have been rained out a couple of times and they, and they're scheduled for the end of the year. If it means anything Mm -hmm. in the playoffs. So if the Yankees and Red Sox are tied, then they're going to play that makeup game. But if, if uh, the Yankees are 15 games ahead, like they usually are, uh, (laughs) they won't play that game. And and that's what they could have done in football. 
or the other thing they could do is follow what the NBA did. And so maybe you cut the season short and some teams have only played 15 games or 14 games and then add four teams to the playoffs and have a little play in, have a little mini play in situation for the last, last couple of playoff spots and give teams. And an I, extra I, couple I, of I don't understand why they didn't or still don't consider some sort of bubble type setup. I just think you know, for the playoffs, There's at least two, for the last eight, it's teams. way too many for one game between two teams, between their coaches, staff, their training staff, their, their rosters, you're probably looking at one game in the NFL was pro- is probably equivalent to half of the NBA bubble. I don't have numbers in front of me, but right. I, right. I think it's, no, but there's definitely a hundred in every hundred plus. In I every would say, sport. I would say an, yeah. an NFL team probably travels with two to 300 people between right. players and traveling. Right. But, and okay. But yeah. still you go down to Disney and let's say maybe you wait till the last four teams, you know, so then you've got yeah. a thousand people saying, you know, they've got huge hotels there. Disney, uh, Disney's open now. Oh yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I don't, at that the point they did it. When the yeah, NBA yeah. did it, there was Disney was shut right. down, it was closed. Right. Disney's open now, so and, and at four teams too. I don't know who you're really protecting. I mean, I I don't know what the usefulness yeah. usefulness of a bubble is if you've got, you know, teams traveling right up until that week. Yeah, you know, but well, that's another thing too. Is you know the NBA was able to give their players all right. You've got a month to pass all these negative tests before you can enter the bubble. And so the NBA players right. had that quarantine period before the bubble started. If you're the NFL, again, you didn't plan any weeks in between your playoffs and regular season into your Super Bowl. You have no bubble period or, or you know, right. quarantine right. period. Right. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to bash the NFL for not doing a bubble. I don't know how that would be possible. Yeah. No, I, just, I, I, I mean, okay. But you anyway, an interesting thing is, is let's say, I mean, the NFL has worked really hard to not to have all teams play 16 games. But when you go to college football, they're in this crazy situation because in the beginning, the Pac-10, the Big Ten, you know, weren't going to play. And so when they changed their minds to play, their season started later. And so right now, you know, and they're very close. I think it's going to be next week that the final four is decided. Um and Ohio State has to play a game against a, uh, uh, this, this week to get to six games. Or even though they're a top four team, they wouldn't have enough games to theoretically qualify. You know, so it's an unusual situation in college football with some teams already playing nine, ten games, some teams playing four or five. Yeah, and, and so you look at you know all the efforts that they've made to – Make again, make this happen at all costs may end up being for nothing if they can't find a, a healthy team to play next week, right? They have to do this next, they have to line up a game for next Saturday, right? So, the Big Ten, and, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to pick the word I want to use to describe it. I, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm just annoyed and frustrated by it. So, when the Big Ten reversed their decision and decided to start the NFL they came up with an arbitrary number of six games in order to qualify for the playoff or in order to qualify for the big 10 championship, you had to play six games that puts right now, Ohio state has played four and there's two weeks left. They have to play this week and next week to, to hit their qualifying mark. I, I understand why the big 10 did that for some sort of, you know, level playing field and the integrity of the game, you know, what's to say one team plays one game and they're one and oh, they qualify, you know, so they had to have some sort of standard. I understand that. But now the big 10, they're looking foolish because now if Ohio state doesn't play six, you disqualify them for the big 10 championship. There are other teams in the big 10 who have played six. So now you're the part that bugs me is if Ohio State can if you're just going to say they did play four and oh they're the best team and and they should be in the college playoff why play the season anyway 
Why did kids, kids, and again, we're talking college. Yeah. Why did student athletes from the University of Florida risk their health? They're going to have one loss playing in the SEC and have a much larger resume than a 4-0, 5-0, 6-0 Ohio State. If you're just going to put Ohio State in because they're Ohio State, why did everybody else risk their health to play? That's my, and again, it's not, I understand, and, and, I, and I probably do feel like Ohio State is a top four team, but just because they're Ohio State, we have to change our rules to put them in is a slap in the face and a kick somewhere else to every other student <laughs> athlete who's risking themselves, and because they don't play for Ohio State, it doesn't matter. I, you know, so I'm just annoyed by that. Well, I'm trying to look this up right now because I'm wondering if the NCAA – because there's a six-win a six win minimum for, for bowl teams. For uh, bowl games, right. So and that I, maybe isn't a hard, fast rule. I'm not really sure. But, well, you know, it, the it, whole, the it, whole it thing was so, so weird about this situation while you're looking it up, Joe. The whole thing that's so weird about – and you're really seeing this in college basketball right now – is teams – get a positive test and so the game is just not going to happen and so they're literally scheduling games two days after the the two colleges talk to each other yeah i mean that was how umass football played a lot of their games was they didn't know on sunday who they were going to play on but by tuesday they had a game scheduled for the following saturday well, and that's where, you know, I think if we can reschedule college football and basketball games on two days notice, I think we can reschedule the Super Bowl on two months notice. So <laughs> the, the NCAA has waived the six, six win requirement for bowl eligibility this year. So that's, that's something that the Big Ten imposed on themselves. And right, I mean, it's, it, that, that's where, you know, again, you'd expect them to just say, well, it's, it's okay, we'll let Ohio State in with five, but that's, that, that should that rightfully should spark a tremendous debate on, but again, it just c- comes back to the same. Why are we doing any of this anyway, to begin with? So. And, that, and that's it. I mean, I guess here you're, here you're, well, we can guys, answer that though, right? Money. Well, yeah. We, re- yeah the, but, uh, but TV. There's still, there's still, yes, it's money to the institution. It's money to the university, right. but it still is competitive sport and entertainment to the athletes and to everybody else watching. And the two sides of the argument is, well, Ohio State is one of the top four teams. Okay, I, so you, you, but the idea that you're just going to make a rule and change it just to fit the narrative for one team, I, I, that's irritating to me. And, and, and I guess that's similar to what the NFL is kind, of, kind of did for the Baltimore Ravens and for the Steelers. They kind of moved the goalposts for one team, but they're not going to do it for the other team and, and that's the part that annoys me. Well, there's not, the thing is, there's not really any pretense by any of these leagues that they're doing all this fairly. I've never, I have not heard. And the thing is, I haven't really heard anyone in the media challenge anyone directly on it either is, is how, how is this fair? I haven't heard that question asked to Roger Goodell or, you know, any of the, the big 10 commissioner or the PAC 12 commissioner, or any of those, those people, so I don't know. There's no. These are these are again. We we keep coming back to this too. These are groups that are so powerful within their sport and so unchallenged that there's no. These questions almost don't matter because mm. no one's the the people that need to ask them of themselves are not going to do that. And again, like Daryl said, we always come back to the same answer. We know the answer. We know the reason. The question is, when is it going to change? And this, I, this is the least me to something that I've I've been thinking about a lot the last couple of weeks because we the three of us talk a lot about our teams and who we root for and why we root for them and what sports we like and it, it, things have changed so much since we were kids. Like I almost wonder what it what it is that i'm rooting for or that i'm interested in or that draws me to sports has changed 180 degrees since i was younger because i think i've lost a lot of that sort of the, all the the magicalness of it is gone except in the individual moments of competition you know in a great 
you know, jump shot or a great touch, long touchdown play. Like I can still appreciate what's in those, but, but these other things that sort of surround it, they, you know, are, are we rooting for individual players now? Are we rooting for like Matt's blind allegiance to whoever's wearing those blue and red uniforms you know, like <laughs> number one, they're leading the league. Oh, you know, oh. come on, man. Not, like, number they're, one, they're in the playoffs. This weekend, today. it'll be. Here's my prediction: is the Giants lose to Seattle? I actually think the Washington football team is going to beat the Steelers this week. So I think you're going to see the the football team in first place. <laughs> the football so, team. Before I we, did better. Yeah, second. I, I, you know, I'd love to talk about the Steelers because I. You know, they're, they have a chance of being undefeated, but I do not think they're, they're – they're having the same problem that the Patriots are having. They can't score points. And, and that's not a good thing. It's not I, a good I, thing. They struggled against Baltimore, but I think that was circumstantial. Um, well, I, okay. But now, one thing before we sort of kind of leave this thing is that I think, Matt, you brought up a real thing when you mentioned the student-athletes. So, and, you know, why are we playing college football? and pros and all the others is because of the there all the revenue has been lost there's no uh in fan uh in stadium revenue and that's really bad for tons and tons of people but the broadcasting contracts remain and they are huge and so that's why we're playing the sports but the thing is the risk it's sort of like generals make decisions but then the privates are the ones that get gunned down Mm -hmm. And it's sort of, um, you know, these students are really risking their lives to play for nothing. They do not have health insurance if they break their ankle. They do not have, you know, they don't have anything. If they get serious problems it, and then they're off the team, they're no longer covered by health insurance. You know, so they're really, really putting themselves at risk. And, I do. And oh, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Well, I was just say that that's where I think it, you know it may be time to turn this into a, a professional endeavor, and you know, to get some of that money into the hands of of the the labor force that's propping it up. Yeah, and I mean, and I know we were gonna maybe get into you know how should the NCAA and and college football does it become a a, a like a minor league sort of system? But I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if 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 you ask the the student athletes why they're playing, I don't think they they would or they have a feeling of I'm I'm risking for nothing. I I think you know to some kids the extra year of eligibility wouldn't work, you know, and so they don't want to take a year off. They, you know, and and if you ask the college, they they want to play. Uh, that was a problem with the Big Ten when the Big Ten said, we're not going to have a football season. You had Justin Fields at Ohio State and, and pretty much the entire conference all signed petitions. Right. All the athletes got together. It didn't matter what team they were on. They wanted to play. Um, no, you're right. You're right. You know, so it, it's tough. But I just I, – I don't like – what the frustrating part to me is you're playing you, – you, you picked an arbitrary number in six games for the Big Ten – Stick to it. Uh, just to change it, just because you think Ohio State is a top four team, that annoys me. That's all. Well, my question is, though, does does Ohio State need to play in the Big Ten Championship to make the, the BCS? Do they need to be the Big Ten champ? Can't the BCS just say, well, this is our third-ranked team they're in? Do they necessarily have to win the Big Ten Championship to be eligible for, for the national championship? I think that's the mess you're going to have, though, is you're going to have, and I think that's what people in the media are, are saying, is you need to change that rule because you're going to have a Big Ten champion and, and you know, you're going to say, well, they, they're not going to represent in, in the college football playoff. That's a Power Five champion. And so that that's sort of, again, I think that's why the, the outcry right now in sports media is change this six game rule because you need Ohio state in your championship game. So they, whether they're four and oh, if they can be crowned big 10 champions, we can get them into the college football playoff. But my, do they, 
do they need to be crowned? Do they need to be Big Ten champions to make it into the BCS? No, but then that becomes. I think that the reason people are saying is because then then the the conversation is well then what is the point? Why did Ohio State have to play more than one game? Their four wins came from no. Their resume is very unimpressive. It's not like they have four quality wins. So the argument is they don't have to be Big Ten champions. But then if you're going to ignore the Big Ten champion and just let Ohio State in, I think that's too much of a, of a, of a negative look, I think. Well, I so think they're that... saying get them in the Big Ten championship. Well, I mean, I'm saying let them in regardless of whether they play four games or five or six or seven. If you think if we legitimately if the committee legitimately thinks that they're the third best team in the country, then then let them in. I, I think it, it, it exposes a flaw in the again, this this poll system that we use to to rank college football teams, which is, again, it's inherently un, going to be unfair to somebody. Somebody's going to be overrated. Somebody's going to be underrated. And it's especially this season where the sample sizes are so small. And like no, you said, it, it, just like, like Matt said, Ohio State's kind of untested. They haven't played right. Notre Dame or, yeah. Right. Um, and here's something really kind of ironic. <clears throat> so this committee that picks the final four, they are being forced to fly to the same location every week which is totally oh. nuts. They could sit around and do a Zoom call like we're doing right now. But instead, the NCAA has insisted that they all fly to the same location oh. every week. Isn't well, that we, nuts? We could have we ranted about that for the whole hour. Yeah. Thanks. I yeah. did not know and that. The other thing that I, you know, I think will be, a, it's a, I'm always interested in, and we've brought it up a couple times, is why do we root for certain teams? And has that changed? So in other words, I have root, the teams I root for, I rooted for 50 years ago. You know, um, does the new fan, does that still exist? You know, and, and when we're talking about colleges becoming sort of minor leagues, a big thing there is people live and die for the orange and blue of the Gators. You know, the, and these are people that live in Florida. And the same for the mid, Midwest and the all Penn State and all these teams. People breed, you know, they just, they love these teams. So, you know, is the fan, are fans different now? Well, I think you can have the Florida Gators and you can have them play in that same stadium on the University of Florida campus. And in that respect, maybe the, the university makes out better because they're they're just being they're renting out their stadium for right for and the players would better but it's oh, interesting so yeah. it's a hypothetical but so what do we have five minutes left what else have we not talked about uh, that we should I I, I want to bring something up actually this is falls wholly under the realm of the plus part of our show but we haven't really touched on this in a while this is something that we were all afraid of was that the aftermath of the election was going to be massive civil war with sh people shooting each other in the streets. And fortunately the, the response from the white house hasn't had the bluster or the effect that I think we feared. And it's been sort of underwhelming, a little more pathetic than, than dangerous than malicious. And I, it just reminds me that T.S. Eliot, you know, not with a bang, but a whimper, but it seems like the Trump presidency is ending with not with a bang, but a series of successively weaker whimpers as we go along. And I was just wondering, Wines. I would call it whining. <laughs> it is. It does seem like a lot of whining and you know, the, all the, all the challenges to the state's results have been shot oh. down. The, the, the you know, results of the election will be certified next week and we'll see what happens. But I sort of feel like, do you guys feel like we're out of the woods in that respect or are you still afraid of impending danger? I'm not afraid of civil war, but I am afraid. I think that we have become so polarized in this country. And it used to be polarized on sports, not so much mm -hmm. on politics. But now it's, you know, um, a conservative can't talk to a liberal. A liberal can't talk to a conservative. And it's not a good situation. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the civil war you know, at least 
for now, I, I think is, is a, it's a, it, it is a little bit quieter. Um, I'm not paying attention to the news that much anymore, but I don't think it's going away. I mean, you look at when, when um, Hillary Clinton won, it, it, it wasn't, I'm sorry, when, when she didn't win, uh, <laughs> you know, there, it wasn't, I think you're going to have people for the next four years continue to Biden's not a president. He didn't win the election. You know, like Trump had four years of a, a big chunk of this country not believing he won the election, not not calling him a, a, his president. And so that's what I think is, is scary. You're going to have four years of Biden and there's going to be a big chunk of people not respect, not saying, not my, you know, he's not my president. And, and you're going to have politicians who at every step of the turn are going to challenge him. And, and, you know, I think that is, is dangerous. And I, it's like a negotiation. Once you take something out of a contract, you never get it back. I am hope, I, I hope we can swing back as people to accept the fact that somebody I didn't vote for is now president, but we're going to now have eight years straight of that as a country. And, and I, I will say, at least from my vantage point, for the most, well, I, I don't know. I, so I don't want to say that, but definitely for four years of Trump, there was, there were politicians and there were people who were like, you didn't even win the election. And I see, I have to disagree, which is why this is how this show started is Matt and I would enjoy discussing things and always have sort of a disagreement, but Joe, like just like the three of us, we can disagree and keep talking. My disagreement with you is I don't, I'm a Democrat. I, I didn't like that Trump won, but I didn't say that, that, that I didn't, he was president. Yeah. I'm not talking to you, Daryl. Yeah, that, but I'm, Daryl, I'm with you. That not my president thing. It started with Bush and it continued through Obama and it would have continued through Hillary Clinton. That doesn't right. that doesn't do anybody a lick of good. No. The, the, yeah, I'm with you. I agree. That. I, yeah. I, I, and I'm not talking, but you can't, I mean, I, I, I'm at the age, I didn't know politics. I didn't follow politics. So I, I don't know how, what the climate and the temperature of the country was under Bush and, and, and even to Obama to an extent, I'll be honest. I, I, I wasn't really paying attention to it, to, to that, but I mean, there was there was clearly people who, with I mean, you had um, what what's her name from the impeach, 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 um, and when they tell me to stop saying it, I'm going to say it louder. That was, and again, right. that, that, but, that's we, how, but we but we respected the process. Well, listen, we're just about done, mm -hmm. so. Um, <laughs> you know, and as always, it is so much fun uh, coming <laughs> to to and and debating this. And you know, it, it's great. And so, listen, please tune in next week. Listen to our podcast. Enjoy Sports Plus with Big D Baker and Joe. Have a good week. All right, I'll try to get it on the air now. All right. Yeah, let me know if you have any trouble. I, I can send you like, my files. I feel like I've hit this. Um, uh, 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 I can't even talk anymore. Uh, like I've hit this uh, electronic roadblock in which <laughs> I just like, I'm just walking around making electronic mistakes everywhere. You know, <laughs> it's just like, you know how when you get burned out and you're just like, you don't think, you know, like this morning, I couldn't find my wallet. I went through the bag that I know I left it in, couldn't find it. After I'd searched the whole house, I looked at the bag again, and there it was. <laughs> I mean, you may be having like parallel dimension stuff happening. This might not be you, Daryl. This might just be the universe <laughs> messing with you. Who knows? Yeah, that was All right, a guys. Pleasant yeah. show. What happened to the real Daryl? <laughs> yeah, he started off with a genuine apology too, like a real, a real one that he meant. Heartfelt, amazing. Right, there was there was no demolition derby uh, cracks. <laughs> well, that's why you you made the comment bumper cars. You're like I said, right. you said hey. these bumper cars. I can't remember the last time I was at the Barnstable County Fair and one of the bumper cars exploded into flames in three pieces. But. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great week. Thanks, gentlemen. We'll see ya. Bye.